Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. A couple weeks ago, we took a trip to Arizona to visit my parents. One afternoon, I went for a hike in the desert with my mom. There's a nearby trail with an overlook and a bench with a magnificent view of the nearby mountains. It's a lovely spot, especially to view a sunrise or a sunset. We ventured out in the late afternoon to catch the evening colors. And as the sun began to set, we did what nature lovers have done from the beginning of time. We pulled out our iPhones, of course, to take pictures. I had the brilliant idea of getting a time lapse of the sunset without a tripod. So I went to work trying to balance my phone on various rocks and sticks and even in the elbow of a nearby cactus. In the end, I was able to capture absolutely nothing. I chipped my screen protector and missed half the sunset. My mom, turns out, was also getting creative. Taking a break from my own misadventures, I looked over to find her panning her phone from left to right. What you doing? I asked, taking a video. No, she replied, I'm taking a panorama. Now, if you've ever taken a panorama on an iPhone, you know that what you have to do is hold the phone vertically, up and down, and then you follow the little arrow and you move your phone from left to right. So here's my mom holding her phone horizontally with the arrow pointing up to the sky and then panning her phone from left to right. You're holding your phone the wrong way, you goof, I said to her, at which point we both had a good laugh. I've never taken a panorama before, she says, followed by, please don't tell anyone about this. Don't worry, I won't, I assured her. Of course, I knew in that moment that I would definitely be using this as a sermon illustration. The application is a bit of a stretch, but here goes. Generally speaking, in order for things to work properly, there is an order of events that needs to be followed. That order, that sequence, it matters. If you want to drive a car, first you have to put the key into the ignition. If you want to play pickleball, for instance, first you need a paddle. And if you want to take a panoramic picture on your iPhone, you first need to hold the phone the right way. So it is with the spiritual life. There is an order, a sequence, a priority to how we live and what we do as Christians. And in order for the spiritual life to bear fruit, that order and that sequence, it matters. In today's gospel, our Lord teaches us the very first and greatest and most important of all the commandments. This is the one thing that takes precedence over all others in the Christian life. And that one thing is not love. I mean, it is love, but it is a particular act of love. It's not just any love. It is a love that needs to be qualified. Love is a relational term. Love has no real meaning or purpose apart from the object toward which it is directed, apart from that thing which is loved apart from 
the beloved. Jesus teaches that the first and the greatest commandment, the most important act that we are called to above all else is to love God. The first and greatest commandment is not to love our neighbor or even our spouses, parents, children, grandchildren. It is to love God. This is the first action, love of God. The importance of this priority cannot be overstated. In today's gospel, our Lord is asked, which commandment of the hundreds of Jewish commandments is the first? And in his response, he quotes Moses from the Torah, a sacred command that to this day remains a central part of Jewish life and prayer called the Shema. The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Notice that the first part of this commandment this is a whole nother sermon, but notice that the first part is the confession that God is one. In fact, if you look up the Greek word here translated as one, you'll find that what it actually means is one. That's all that it means. Christians, like our Jewish forebearers, are monotheists. We are not polytheists. Christians believe in one God, not three gods. If you want to know more about the Holy Trinity, go ahead and ask Father Chris about it. Actually, you could read the Athanasian Creed in the prayer book on page 864. That'll get your head spinning. After proclaiming the oneness of Almighty God, we are then commanded to love Him. Who? The one living and true God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, with our whole being, with all that we have and all that we are. This is the first and greatest commandment. It's the first in the order of events. This is the priority in all things. To fulfill this first commandment is to place our entire focus on God, to make God the center and the source the means and the ends of all that we think and say and do. If someone were to ask, why did you do that? Our answer should always be for the love of God. Jesus is asked, which commandment is the first? He answers the question, but goes on to voluntarily throw in the second most important commandment. The second is like the first, it's definitely connected to the first. They go together for sure. We might even say that they're inextricably linked. But the second is still the second. It is not the first. And this is a simple but crucial point. Quoting Leviticus chapter 19, Jesus teaches that the second greatest commandment is that we should love our neighbor as ourself. Let's be honest. There are plenty of things not to love about our neighbors. Come to think of it, there's probably a few things not to love about ourselves. Let's face it, humanity in general does not cease to disappoint. God knows this better than anyone. He created us, literally, for heaven's sake. He knows full well our potential for goodness and righteousness and love because he is the one who instilled it in us. As such, he also knows 
how far we have fallen. And yet, the unbelievable truth is that in spite of this, our brokenness and rebellion and sin, with eyes wide open, God never stops loving us. When we repent of our sin, he's always quick to forgive. He does not hold grudges. There is not a point at which God says, you know what, I'm sick of always having to forgive you and for the same stuff. One more time, you're done. I'm not loving you anymore. This is not what God says or what God does or who God is. Remember, this is the same God in whose image we are created. Each of us is created with this very same ability and potential to love unconditionally and to forgive from the heart. The second commandment is connected to the first in this way. Only in loving God first are we able to see him in others and by his grace to love them accordingly. If and as we are able to recognize others as made in the image of God, then we're freed to love them just as we love God himself. St. Cyril of Alexandria writes, To love God with the whole heart is the cause of every good. The second commandment includes the righteous acts we do toward other people. The first commandment prepares the way for the second and in turn is established by the second. For the person who is grounded in the love of God clearly also loves his neighbor in all things. The kind of person who fulfills these two commandments experiences all the commandments. Love comes from God, who is love. Therefore, the source of all our earthly relationships is rooted in our relationship with God. Love starts vertically, and then it spreads horizontally. If we disconnect ourselves from the source, from the love of God, then we short-circuit our ability to love our neighbor. And conversely, as we experience this love of God in ourselves and for ourselves, we become freed and empowered to see others with the same lens that God sees us and to love them with the same love that God loves us. We are each one created in the image of God, and we are each one called to love each other as God loves us. The sentiment of love that floats around the world and permeates our culture, it comes from a divine place. God is love. But if our love is not rooted in its source, which is God, it can never reach its full potential. It's so incredibly easy to be distracted from and drawn away from the love of God. We get caught up in our own stuff, our own concerns, fears, wants, needs, whatever. This is why in the baptismal covenant, we renounce all sinful desires that draw us away from the love of God. May God in his mercy fill us with his grace to get our priorities straight and to keep them straight 
to fulfill the first and greatest commandment to love God at all times and in all places with our whole heart and soul and might so that we can love our neighbors as ourselves. So that the whole rest of our lives, all other relationships and our vocations, all that we think and say and do will fall into its proper and divinely ordered place. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.